Bring me peace, bring the chance to be free. 
above the clouds that may loom above because you are much greater than the pain you who made a way for me by suffering your destiny so tell me tell me what's a little rain God, we come before you this morning honored and humbled at your love for us. Father, as we um, go throughout this worship service, help us to remember that we are unworthy and wretched human beings. But Father God, you and your mercy uh, allow us to come before the throne of grace and praise you. Father, I think about those words of Holy, holy, holy. Father, help us to, you know, let let, let us understand that that's what heaven's like. That, Father God, uh, to you alone belongs the highest praise. That that it's nothing that that we do. It's nothing that is sung. It's nothing that that is preached. But, Father God, it is all about you because anything else, Lord, is utter failure at worship. Father, as Brother Michael uh, comes and, and brings your word, we pray that... 
your word would be released among us. Father, we pray that uh, that his words are spoken with boldness because, Father God, uh, he brings the truth of your message. And we pray that you would give us uh, spiritual eyes to see. Two passages of scripture that many of you have memorized and uh, missing the mark. Uh, Hopefully that uh, is not an indication of our Hamburg archery team right there. That that doesn't need to be Hamburg. Hamburg archery team is very successful. They've been to national and the world. But uh, sometimes you miss the mark. Uh, And... There's nothing more frustrating than missing, especially during deer season. We'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, let's look at these two verses. Everybody stand for the reading of God's holy word. Romans 3.10 and also Romans 3.23. Matter of fact, uh, you know, just... I know you have your Bible open, but... Everybody just look up. Y'all know this. Y'all know this. What does it say? As it is written, there is what? None righteous. No, not one. Romans 3.23. Everybody quote it or read it. For all have... Father, I thank you for this opportunity to talk about our need for you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Our need for God, our need of Him. Why do we need Him? Well, we need Him because uh, we, we miss the mark. And, uh, well, there's nothing more frustrating than and, uh, missing a big deer that walks out. And uh, sometimes in life you go looking for a deer. We go looking for a deer and... While we're looking for a deer, we may run across one. And so uh, I wonder if there's a deer around here. Hmm. And looking for a deer. Man, there's a deer right there. Man, if I saw something like that, I would probably, you know, I would freak out. (laughs) I guarantee you, anybody in here has experienced buck fever. If you saw something like that. You, I mean, I just, whoa, I just, just be, my heart would be racing. I, I, I probably couldn't even draw the bow back or get the gun pointed in the right direction. And uh, so, there's a lot of times something like that comes out around Ashley County. Not too many of those in Ashley County, by the way. That wasn't even taken in Ashley County. That's Lane Chapman's deer, and uh, I think a net score of 141. And uh, so I. You appreciate them letting me borrow it. You know, that's that's our goal. That's our mark. That's what we want to hit. You can let her down and get back to the message. They, uh, or the screen. For all of sin, we, we, when we miss something like that, it can be frustrating. And, uh, man, I tell you what, it, and those things don't, hey, around here, y'all know this, those things don't happen very often, do they? And a lot of us in our lives have opportunities and missing the mark. The whole point of those two verses are to say this, that we're going we're gonna to come up short. 
We're, we're going to come up short when every time when we try to reach Jesus, the mark of perfection is so high. But even if you could be perfect, you still have sin in us. Those two verses say, everybody makes mistakes. I'm going to put it redneck country boy terminology. Everybody messes up. There's none righteous. There's nobody saying, I can get to heaven because I'm good. God's word says you're not. And it says in Isaiah that our righteousness, our good works are as filthy rags in the sight of God. There was a guy one time who thought he was good, this, this guy in the Bible. And that's the first guy we want to look at and we want to talk about this morning is this guy that when he realized his sin in Matthew chapter 19, I want to look in verse 16, and this is what I call our search. We're realizing our sin. We're trying to find Jesus. How do you get to heaven? Well, this really rich young guy who was a very good guy, he was not only rich, he was a good person. He's a good guy. And in Matthew 19, verse 16, he said, I hear you know the way to heaven. Hey, brother Jesus, I hear you got a way to get there. What does he say? Look at it. Behold, one came and said, good master, what thing shall I do that I may have eternal life, that I may get to heaven? And Jesus immediately, in the next several verses, the whole point of the next several verses we're about to go over, he's trying to get him to realize he's not good. So he goes to the list. Verse 17, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that's God, but if Thou, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Verse 18, he said unto him, which, Jesus said, uh, basically, which ones? Well, don't murder anybody. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Now, it says there in the Old English, don't bear false witness. And uh, that means lie on other people. And that, that could even entail gossiping. Well, well, that just X us all out. We've all lied. We've all said things about other people we shouldn't have that all falls under that one commandment. And a lot of times people say, well, I've never murdered anybody. If you've run anybody down, if you've degraded anybody, if you called anybody a name, uh, the Bible says, especially a name undeservingly, the Bible says you've murdered them. It says, you're calling people in the uh, New Testament, Matthew, it says, uh, one is raka, which is Aramaic for egghead, empty head, nut head, nut case. It's a bunch of different synonyms for that. Uh, and also fool, and uh, means idiot. You can call somebody that name, any derogatory term, term like that. You've committed murder. That's what Jesus said. You murdered their reputation. You murdered them, their character. All right. And then it says, verse 19, honor your father and your mother. 
If you've ever disobeyed your parents, you've sinned. If you've ever disobeyed them, if they said do something and you didn't do it immediately, you've, you sinned. So what are we saying? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then if you love thy neighbor as thyself, there's anybody you don't love. You just sinned again. Okay, Jesus said, so therefore, we've all messed up, haven't we? We all need a Savior. And then it says, the young man said, well, he was pretty, must have been a pretty good fellow because what did he say? All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, if, thou, if you want to be perfect, that means complete or mature. If you think you want to get there, if you think that you've got it nailed down. Now, Jesus is, and it says, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure heaven. Come follow me. Was Jesus saying, sell what you have in order to get eternal life? No, it, sounds, it kind of sounds like it. But he, again, what's the whole purpose of the conversation? Young man, what is wrong in your life? What is, what is keeping you from getting to heaven? Do you realize you have sinned? His sin was in his self-righteousness. His sin was his, in his uh, uh, self-containment. He really didn't, he thought he didn't need anything. He thought he had it all nailed down. His sin was he wouldn't admit he was a sinner. <laughs> That's what his sin was. He wouldn't admit he would be one. He wouldn't admit he made mistakes. He wasn't admitting that he was a sinner. And that, that's all. The selling wasn't to get to heaven. It was to admit, I don't need this. I need you. And that's what he, the whole purpose was not to sell what you have to get to heaven, but to see Step one, nobody in this room has ever been saved without realizing why they needed to be saved. Why do I need a Savior? I am a sinner. I make mistakes. And there's a big gap between me and God and me and Jesus. How do I bridge the gap? Do more good stuff. The Bible says you can't do enough good to get there. And so... Notice his search, his sin, then his sorrow is in verse 22. When the young man heard that saying, that statement, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Basically, he said this, I love this life more than I'll ever love you. I love what I have more than I'll ever love you. I love this more than I love that. The you, the cross. So many times there comes a breaking point in everybody's life. And you remember yours. You remember your breaking point. Whenever your heart was trembling inside. And you said, I need to pray. And it might, the thing is, you might have broke and said yes to God and then you prayed afterwards asking him to save you but your breaking point was when you said yes when you turned loose of the pew when you turned the vehicle around when you got up when you stepped out when you gave up that's when you got saved when you let go of your life 
when you let go of the steering wheel, when you said, I need Jesus, and you said yes, is when you got saved. You've got to remember that. And never let go. Not that you can lose your salvation. I'm talking about remembering it because the devil will try to get you to doubt it. The devil will try to get you to forget it. The devil will try to lead you away. The devil will do everything to throw up roadblocks and snares to keep you from living for Jesus. And that's why I said he went away sorrowful. He wouldn't let go. Well... That's fellow that turned the wrong way. Let's look at three people really quick that turned the right way. The very first one is the thief on the cross in Luke 23. Matter of fact, you have both examples here. In Luke 23 and verse 39. The two guys, one hanging on one side of Jesus and the other, so both thieves... Both committed a lot of crimes, and one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him. He's calling him names. That's what the word railing means. He's accusing. Matter of fact, if you look it up, it's the word in the Greek called blasphemous. He's blaspheming. You ever heard of somebody blaspheming God? When you use God's name in vain, you know... And if anybody in here and you've got, uh, and you're saved, but you've got a habit of using God's name in vain or saying any other cuss words, basically you're, you're letting your flesh dominate your thinking, okay? And a Christian, and let me go ahead and say this, go ahead and knock this little pet peeve out, it's real easy, just a Christian doesn't cuss. Now you may be saved, but a Christian doesn't cuss, Okay? Doesn't use any sort of language like that, all right? You, you're, you may be saved, but what you are is you're backslidden. You're not living for Jesus, and you're leading others toward hell, okay? I'm, just, I'm not even going to miss any words, okay? If you're a cussing Christian, all you're doing is saying, live like me, and you're leading others to hell. Because they're saying there's no difference between you... Uh, why should I go to church? I know what your church members talk like. Mm-hmm. You're just leading others to people to hell is what you're doing. You, you're saved. You get there. But you're kicking others in the backside toward a devil's hell if you're a cussing Christian. Okay? All right. Get off that stump. Let's go back to this thief. All right? The other one. He, one's hurling abuse. The other's hailing his name. That's what there's, get it? There's one on one side hurling abuse and cussing Jesus, and the other guy, he's saying, whoa, whoa, don't you realize what you're doing? The other, verse 40, answered, rebuked him, saying, don't you fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation. And we, and notice verse 41, we indeed justly, in other words, we're getting what we deserve, for we're receiving what we did. But this man hasn't done anything amiss or what wrong. And he said unto Jesus, Folks, I believe this man was saved right before. I don't know how long 
But I believe he was saved before he said that. I believe it was almost a simultaneous, and you know, and I, I, obviously there's no way, only God knows the timing of all this. There's no way I can figure it out. All I see is what I see and what you see. It's in God's Word. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And guess what? There's not too many times in the Bible where Jesus says, they just got saved. But guess what? He said what? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Which means what? That fellow was saved, wasn't he? And the Bible says he was saved. And Jesus saying, you're going to heaven. Not only are you going to heaven, you're about to get there right now. <laughs> you and you and I, <laughs> and we've been to go there where all three of us are about to die. Can't say much for this guy, but you're getting there. And the Bible, it's in the Bible, isn't it? It's right there for you and me to read. It does not too many times it's that plain, is it? But folks, this morning I'm trying to make it plain. You got a Savior, you can't get to Him. There's a big old bridge called a cross. And Jesus laying down on that bridge. And He invites you across the big old wide canyon. That big old canyon separated by sin. There's only one way across that bridge of sin. And that's the cross. It's the only bridge that reaches. It's the only bridge that makes it. To heaven, it's the cross of Calvary. He's going to heaven. The next guy, blind Bartimaeus, Mark chapter 10. Y'all are doing awesome, doing awesome this morning. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. <clears throat> this guy had nothing. And uh, verse 46, it says that, man, he's begging. He's a beggar. They went through Jericho. Mark, Mark's gospel is so con, compact and concise. There's other gospels that tell you what happened while he was in Jericho. While he's in Jericho, he ha- Jesus also happened to lead a fellow of the Lord named Zacchaeus. Mark just goes zoom, zoom. He's going in into Jericho and he's going out of Jericho. And Luke tells us in Luke 19 all about what happened in Jericho. So he's going in and he's going out. Notice that it says in verse 40, they came to Jericho, now he's leaving. <laughs> And as he went out of his disciples, a great number of the people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of uh, Timaeus, sat by the wayside begging. And he heard, he's one of the two, there was another guy there, but, and he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. And he began to cry out. He cried out, folks, that's what me and you realize that he, basically, when you back over there, they didn't have uh, disability, they didn't have social security back in Jesus' day, they didn't have handicapped hospitals, they didn't have anything. If you're blind, if you're crippled, you're out. <laughs> you're just out. You just, if you don't have family to take care of you, guess where, and so guess where he's at? His family was either incapable or passed away. And so he doesn't have anybody. That's why he's sitting on the roadside begging. And he's begging. Then he hears of Jesus. And folks, that's the way you were. If you're saved this morning, you remember. You remember there was a point in time in your life and you realized spiritually you had nothing. Which means this. Can you work to get there? Can you be good enough to get there? You have nothing to offer Jesus. You don't have enough money. I don't care if you have all of Bill Gates's and all of the money in the whole wide world. You can't buy a ticket into heaven. But blind Bartimaeus knew somebody had purchased the ticket already. And he cried out. And he's calling on him. Now I know he's crying out to get his eyesight. 
and you know, and he didn't care what people thought. Look at verse 48. And many charged him, hush, hush, hold your peace. Be quiet, shut your mouth. But he cried more, which means this, that a lot of times if you listen to your friends, if you listen to your friends rather than the Bible, you worried more about what your friends think. You worry more about what people think rather than what God thinks. You're going to mess up. What if he had listened to them? Let me ask y'all, what if he had listened to the people? He'd still be blind. He might not be saved. Can't ever figure that out. You don't, don't know what God's providence later on was for his life, but. And then he said, he cried out, and, and notice it says, uh, and many charged him. He's just crying no more. Verse 48, verse 49, Jesus stood still and said, hey, bring him over here. And then they all, the blind, they called the blind man and said, be of good comfort. And he rose and he, hey, get up. He's calling for you. Verse 50 is pretty cool. Kind of easy to overlook, verse 50 is, because it, he says he cast away his garment, which means this. Folks, before you can come to Jesus, before you can come to Jesus, you know what you got to get rid of? The world, all your good, what did Adam and Eve have to get rid of before they could be saved? Did y'all know they had to get rid of their fig leaves? You can't trust in your works and your own doings. Because that's what Adam and Eve was trusting in. They, they covered their sin up. They thought it was okay. But God said, here, I, I did this coats of skin. So they took off their fig leaves. Blind Bartimaeus, he said, this, this garment, I've been using it, and this is what I keep my change in, and this is what I keep this in. And what does it say he did? And all that change, all that change, all that money, he cast it off. He come to Jesus without it. That's what the Bible says. He came to Jesus without it because I need him. Folks, some of us are trusting something other than Jesus. But he ran to Jesus, and you know what he got? And he said, go thy way, verse 52, your faith hath made thee whole. That's how you get saved, isn't it? Well, lastly, we got one more guy. This is just the, this is the cream of the crop. Those others are awesome, yes. This is just awesome, awesome. Acts 16, this great story, what I call the head jailer. In Acts 16, verse 23, just kind of. Hit this story real quick. Uh, Paul and Silas, two missionaries, both of them preachers, sent out by church to go preach the word. And they're over in a town called Philippi. And and, uh, they got in trouble because they led the wrong person to the Lord. And you know what happened? I mean, everybody, all the city officials and different ones made charges against them. Said, what are y'all doing? And folks, uh, I guarantee you right now, I was talking to some state missionaries up around uh, Fayetteville this week. And they said, did y'all know that new city ordinance, which is just like the one in Houston, which is now just like some of the ones in California and Idaho and different ones that are being passed. And uh, the LGBT is going around and uh, getting all these city ordinance passed. If you post any sermon or any written article that uh, it's a that says anything against homosexuality in Fayetteville now, it's a crime. It's against the law. 
And in San Antonio, it goes on to say that if you just say anything that if you if you basically if you made a copy of Romans one and you were to hand it out in San Antonio, not only is it a crime, but you can't run for public office. You're ex out of all public offices in that town. And so but basically that's what they did. That's what they they did. They went and they, they just started preaching the wrong air quotes, yeah. The wrong person got saved. They get thrown in jail. And what does this verse say? They man, they they not only got in jail back then, you not only got thrown in jail, but guess what you got? You got beat. And so it says they laid many stripes on them and they charging the jailer to keep them safely. And uh, who, receiving a charge, thrust them in the inner prison and made their fast feet in the stocks. But they didn't have cable TV. <laughs> they didn't have, uh, they not only in jail, but they're in stocks and handcuffs. And at midnight, well, folks, I don't think I would have been doing verse 25 if I was in jail and in handcuffs and my feet's in handcuffs and a ball and chain. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I just love, you know, ain't this great? <laughs> and they preaching, they're preaching, and they preached all the way to midnight, and then all of a sudden, they singing praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Verse 26, there's a great earthquake. Fisson put this part and fast forward. Y'all hang on. And uh, the man, all of a sudden, all the doors bust loose, earthquake, boom, 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 boom. You could hear the iron snapping. Y'all know that sound? Ching, ching, ching. I mean, handcuffs breaking, doors popping open, and, and uh, the lights are, oh, they didn't have electricity, so guess what? All the, the candles are falling off, the lanterns are falling off, the lights are going out, but all they hear is a boom, and the prison doors and the metals clanking and shattering. And the Bible says, the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Folks, I want to stop right here. If you read between the lines on this part right here, there may be somebody in this room who's having... A bad day. You may be having a bad week. You may be having a bad month. This fellow, how do I know he's having a bad day? Well, number one, his job just fell apart, literally. Uh, number two, he's got a, a boss that he knows. This is the boss from Hades, okay? How do I know that? Because this boss is going to kill him, torture him, and kill him for not doing That's a great job. You think you have a, a, a bad boss? This boss here says, if you fail, you die. Not only will I just take you out, I'll take you out apart, then I'll take you out. He would rather take his own life. Now, now you're really having a bad day. Not only do you have a bad job, you got a bad boss, and now you're contemplating suicide. He thought he had no way out. Folks, people that face that, it's, it's, it, you know, and I don't want to get sidetracked here, but a lot of people that face suicide feel like there's no way out. And usually there's two main reasons people commit suicide, to hurt others or to escape 
an inescapable situation. He was having, hands down, hands down, he's having a bad day and he thinks he, a lot of people who commit suicide think they have no friends. And he thinks he has no friends. But he's got two. And if you count Jesus, three. Obviously, Jesus. He's about to kill himself. It's what the Bible says. It's right here, isn't it? It's right here. But God intervenes through two guys. And the Bible says in verse 28, he cried with a loud voice. How did, if there's no light, how did Paul see that? I think God put Paul in the right place, whether it was a reflection or whether it was a shadow. And he saw what the jailer was about to do. Because what does Paul say? Do thyself no harm. None of us have run off. And the keeper of the prison, he called for a light. And he sprang in, which means he ran. He ran, and then what did he do? He ran to Paul. He fell down before both of them, two friends that he did not count on having. And he brought them out, which means put them in a place where they could talk. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul didn't list anything about being good, did he? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only can you be saved, but when he says, and it just basically it's a summary, the word of God is. Not only can you be saved, but what? Your whole house, that means your whole household, your whole family can be saved. And they spake unto him the word of God. And they went to his house and he preached to them. And they all got saved. He took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and they were baptized. He and his whole family. They all got saved. They all got baptized. And when he brought them into his house, he put meat before them, rejoiced. Because that's what it's all about. Folks, the choice is yours. Don't miss the mark this morning. The mark is Jesus. You can't get there without the cross. You can't get to heaven without Him. Whatever your need is, as we prepare for Him the invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, help us to realize that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. There's only one way into heaven. And it's by Him. And if there's anybody in here struggling. Dear Lord, that they would turn to You for strength. When we run out of strength. Help us to turn to You for strength. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.